welcome to the road to blake street banter where one of us knows what the word banter means and the other one is just along for the ride tyler say what's up what is up it, it's summertime it is beautiful it's, it just feels like baseball right now full swing it's yeah i see the sunlight coming in on you i was I'm outside like trying in a to find, i don't know if we're videoing this but like i'm trying <laughs> to find the light right video. now <laughs> yeah no, no video so don't worry about that um Maybe if somebody can figure that out for us to make it easier, I'll let your boy. But um, <laughs> so we are coming to you on Thursday, May 25th, and this is probably going to drop on whatever the next Tuesday is. I don't know if we're out of May yet May or not. 30th? On Tuesday, May 30th. The 30th. So we just dropped the news and I'm going to brag about us because we were first on this. No matter who you hear it from, just go ahead and retweet this. It is a big deal for us because we, we are absolutely nobody in the grand scheme of things. Uh, Nolan Jones got the call up and I think this leads into what our conversation later is going to be, but let's just talk about the Nolan Jones call up. All right, Tyler. That's why I added that. One of us knows what the word banter means. It's kind of a hodgepodge road to Blake street banter here. What does this, what has to happen with Nolan Jones in this call up this time around? As we recall, month ago probably a month and a half ago he got called up sat on the bench for three weeks three days went right back down and decided middle finger to you middle finger to you i'm gonna just absolutely dominate the pcl and he's getting that call don't know why um by the time you're listening to this we all know we'll what we'll know why hopefully Doa's okay um but again what does it mean for nolan jones to get this call up and what has to happen like you know it has to mean because Unless Doyle's going on the IL, but it seems like with the way Bud Black talked about it right after the game, it seems like that was not a decision that was already made by the time this news was coming out. Um, you have to think this is like, okay, Jones has done what he's got to do. We have time available at first base right now. We could make time in the corner outfield. You know, even when Ryan McMahon needs a day off, we could make time at third base. And you look down in AAA – Nolan Jones has played like everywhere. He's played first. He's played third. He's played left. He's played right. He's played center. And I think that's, what's crazy too. He could play some center. So yeah. if there is something going on with Doyle, Nolan Jones will, you know, could possibly pick up a, a start in center field, especially if they go, you know, out on the road. I, I think this call up though means like he finally, and, and it shouldn't even be finally, but in the, in their eyes, he finally just did it too much and it's like all right this guy's got to come up and he's going to stay up until we have a reason to send him down and who knows what that could be performance maybe crone comes back and they're like all right we like toglia over jones right now but you know i think what this means is that he's going to play most days it's it's tough to say he's going to play every day because we know that's not quite what's going to happen but if he plays like three or four days even a week i i think that's solid course you want to see more but i think this is like the he's ready call up not just the let's give him a taste it's like he's here it's time yeah he has to be here right like he has to be here it has to be nolan time um if don't don't do it but go do it go look at juan burrito stats for cleveland's double a affiliate right now Dude, man's absolutely raking. Like, we have to think about what they traded for and what they got in Nolan Jones. And they got a major league ball player in Nolan Jones. And I think, I think you're underselling it. I would, I think they need to play him five to six days a week. He needs to be playing full time. Um, I think you find places for that, especially depending on what this all this move corresponding move is. Um, like it would be sweet if like Profar was being traded to the Yankees or something cool, but like. I think he has to, for me, you have to go all in on this kids are here to play thing. Tovar just hit a walk-off tonight. Tolia had a hit, maybe two hits. I wasn't watching too closely today. Um, so he's coming around. Prenton Doyle has lit the whole thing on fire. So you have three pretty good excuses to let the kids play. And you traded quite, quite possibly an all-star caliber player in five to ten years in Juan Brito for a – MLB now guy and Nolan Jones has nothing left to prove in the PCL. He can pick it. He has a fucking cannon in the outfield. He can play your defense that the Rockies love so much. And so I think you saying three to four is less than what I think it should be. It's gotta be five to six games. 
he's you got to find a way to get that bat in there to see what you have in him whether he's yeah. a possible trade piece or if he is in the 24 25 contention window that we're trying to find so i think if he doesn't play like if he's playing one or two times a week i think we all riot and you can quote us on that and if you're hearing this and he doesn't play please tag us in the twitter when he's not playing i think there needs to be something something needs to happen if he's not playing um it'd, it'd be pretty not pretty it'd be extremely disappointing yeah he's like on the bench multiple times a week yeah like he's he's got to play he's got to play and okay so with that being said what do you think the corresponding move is i have like three or four ideas in my head so let's just put this out there so if you're listening, the corresponding move, Nolan Jones has been moved, been called up to the Rockies for. I mean, I, I, I feel like one that was at the top of my mind, but I don't really see it. But again, it, it's at the top of my mind is Mike Tolia back to AAA. Because, you know, he came up and ha- I, it's tough to like establish yourself right away, but it was a lot of K's. And I think he only had like his first hit or no, he, he has like two or three hits now this, this year, but. You know, everything's down. I, I, not the most impressive showing from him, but it seems still a little early to pull the rug out from under. So, are they DFAing one of the veterans? Um, you know, I don't really see it being Castro because he plays second base. They've been playing him a lot. Lots. Um, and so, you know, maybe they did uncover something with Doyle right away that was, you know, they're like, all right, we got to pull this guy up. But the timing of you finding out. And Doyle getting injured, it seemed too close together, especially with, you know, the positive spin from Bud Black. You know, I said this at the beginning. It seemed, you know, he put a positive spin on it. Why would they be bringing a guy up, you know, with that in mind? They don't think he's going in the aisle. So I'm thinking maybe Mike Tolia. Otherwise, you know, I don't know if you have a pitcher in mind that that you can always, you know, do some swapping with the the pitchers. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm drawing a blank, though, besides Tolia. (laughs) Yeah, I, I'm I. The more and more I think about it, and with what you just said about the timing of it, the quickness of it, I would say the Tolia going down, Nolan Jones coming up, peace. Um, but I think they might DFA Hidden Harold or Moose, DFA Moose. Even though he had a hit I or mean, two today. Well, yeah, because for me, and and this is one we don't want to get too deep into the MLB weeds since. This is a hybrid pod, but we're trying to keep it road <laughs> style. I, you know, I think Alan Treo is a guy who's kind of, you know, I, I think you saw Harold Castro get much more playing time. I think Trejo has to be sort of on that cusp right now. Like, yeah. they've given him a fair shot. You know, this year he had some he, – he always has some moments, and he's definitely not a bad ball player. But he's, I think, someone – if they're going to DFA, I feel like it'll end up being him, which people will be kind of – upset about him over Castro and Moustakis, but I have a feeling yeah. he could be the guy. I just don't see any of the second baseman again, because that's a position they don't really have any depth right now. So I'm thinking they hang on to those, but I'm excited to see what it is. I think any, any roster move, no matter what, even if it's like kind of disagreeable, like it's, they're just fun to see. So, and this is one, I don't know if we're going to be, if it's Tolia, then I won't be that surprised. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know if it's going to be that. I, I think there's a ton of other options that are sort of going to be surprising. Yeah, I I agree. And who knows? They may just like put one of the pitchers down and just do whatever they do. Try to hodgepodge a rotation together. Um, Alan Trejo, uh, baseball reference war, negative 0.3 on the season. Hitting Herald, negative 0.6 on the season. <laughs> um, 89 at-bats for... Trejo, 87 at bats for Castro. So take that how you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, think that, you could go either way with those. Yeah. Guys. I would hope that it would be hitting Harold because he's not our guy. But anyway, let's get past that because I mean, it's completely irrelevant as everybody listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> so I, let's get all the good stuff out of the, the heart, the bad stuff, the annoying stuff, not the annoying stuff. Revert this. Let's get all the, I don't know, the necessities out of the way. You yeah. just dropped a blog piece today, Thursday. Um, go to the link tree and find our blog if you're not already signed up for it. Um, on three, four pitchers that the Rockies could possibly pick at the number nine spot. Um, go ahead and talk about that a little bit. 
you know, first off, we love to we love to hype ourselves because, you know, when you're doing something pretty cool, you should hype it up. I don't know if you're finding any draft coverage like that anywhere that's public. Like, I don't know if there's people publicizing the draft coverage with the more advanced statistics. I got college whip percentage in this article <laughs> broken down pitch by pitch. Yeah. You know, there's some there's some cool nuggets that I don't know where else you're finding. You know, I don't know if you could find them anywhere else. Uh, articles got, yeah, Chase Dollander, Hurston Waldrip, and Rhett Lauder, three guys who, by the masses, are going to be first-round picks. Maybe three of only four pitchers, college pitchers at least, that are going to be drafted in the first round. It's a pretty steep drop-off after that. And if the Rockies are like, we need a pitcher, um, again, like last year there were so many good bats, and they said, we need a pitcher. They might do that again. If they do, those are the three guys, and it's almost 100% certain it would be one of those three guys. So go check out the breakdown. Again, you know, you got average velocity, average, not average, the whip percentage, the chase percentage, the OPS against each of their pitches. It's pretty cool. And we've got something else similar coming out with the hitters. And that one's going to be crazy. We might have to split it into two parts because there's like, 12 guys that I think are worthy of being included. And I don't know if 12 guys in one article is going to be the move. So we'll see if you're listening and there's a guy that you really love in the, in the draft, the hitter, like tweet at us, DM us, however you want to, you know, email us, whatever. I don't know if our emails out there, but let us know who that guy is. And I will say, I think there's going to be some love for Chase Davis. I was just talking off the air with, with you, Aaron, about him. I think there's going to be some love for Chase Davis and mm-hmm. I, I can already provide that love. So if you feel free to still, you know, promote Chase Davis, cause he is a, he's a dude and his swing looks like Carlos Gonzalez. So that's all, you know, I think any, anyone in this fan base needs to hear. Uh, but draft coverage is going crazy. Now we're yeah. kind of in that, that mode. So stay tuned. We got Nick who is a, you know, he's a mastermind. Yes. Uh, of the especially of the I, we were hyping him up before this pod the high school prospects he is the 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 dude so you know keep your eyes up your ears open for for more draft stuff yeah for sure and I again like you said at the beginning of your little speech there nobody really does the Rockies MLB draft like we do like we had we had a lot of traction we covered all of the picks last year like I don't know if you find a better MLB draft rockies draft coverage than we do so it's just starting and it's just going to go get hotter and hotter so keep keep paying attention um right now put the poll out there on the um on the twitter sphere with the blog piece chase dollander hurston waldrip rhett louder which one do you like them to take chase dollander 47 percent rhett louder at 35 percent so i don't i don't they haven't read the article yet (laughs) (laughs) i I was on Rhett early with the pod with yeah. Nick. I'm I'm a big Rhett guy, and he's I like watching him pitch. He's got that tenacity about him too. So is Dollander. He's a tenacity no, I mean, guy. And all, yeah, all those dudes can't. You would not be disappointed with any of them. Um, but I think that's the cool part of this upcoming draft. Uh, you know, don't want to get too into that here. We'll save the draft stuff for a coming pod, but it's gonna be fun. Yeah, yeah. So follow along with us. Be be with us. We'll we'll make some fun with it. Um, all right, let's get to the, some news. Um, let's get sad first. Uh, Jared Biddy, yeah. um, a journeyman uh, across the minor leagues for us. He's been like with. Um, nope, he was with the Mets for a little bit. Drafted in ni- 2019 by the Mets. Um, been with the Rockies since 2021. It's been up and down. He got DFA'd, I guess. Um, in the minor league ranks this year eight games nope five games for hartford with a 19.64 era so i wonder if it was more like an injury or something don't have any news other than just the transaction sphere but he was really good last year in 2022 249 um in hartford in 29 appearances so kind of interesting so i wonder if there was something something behind the scenes happening there um but hopefully jerry biddy if it isn't injury related hopefully he finds another team he is a good guy um, been in his dms a little bit he's responds and he's just a good cat so hopefully he finds a team and um figures out his major um uh, his ball career here uh 
players of the week for whatever last week is may 18th i think nope i don't know last week <laughs> um two i'll take the first one you take the second one um ryan ritter may 22nd the week of may 20 no 15th there we go ryan ritter went ham um had a 1.00 slug not ops slug just straight up slug uh 20 year old slash um 500 536 one point zero zero three doubles three homers and eight rbis um it's his second honor of the year um we've been talking about it he's i think his name has been mentioned every single pod we've done it it's you we got to find a place to start moving the middle infielders up because like ryan redder 22 years old should not be in low a but then you have amador in high a then you have julio carreras in double a and then you have coco and hunter stovall and Connor Kaiser in AAA. Connor Kaiser is definitely a filling guy. No offense to him. He's having a pretty good season. He's gone. <laughs> but like, let's kind of figure this out. Like, it's never a bad thing to have that much infielders, but how much time do we waste a 22 year old's development as we go forward? Um, you can say the same thing about Blake Adams and um, a few other pitchers down there. But positive vibes. Ryan Ritter, second player of the week for the California League. And Mike Honcho, Jordan Beck, he also won Player of the Week his second time. I think this was – no, he, I don't think he went back-to-back back quite on Player of the Week, but he won Player of the close. Week for May 1st through the 7th and then just pulled it again for this past week. Um, he, slot, he also had the 1.000 slug this week. He, he slashed 455 with a 586 on base percentage. Uh, three homers also, three doubles. Like he is, I think he's, this is one of the craziest stretches of baseball we've seen Insane. from a Rockies minor league player. I, I I don't know. I don't know if I've seen one as crazy as this. Like he is going cargo when cargo would have those like weeks where he hit seven homers. Like this is that, except it's now we're looking at a month. Like he's going to win player of the month for May, no doubt. Uh, it's some insane stuff. And he's another one, you know, promotions need to be starting to happen. With those middle infield guys, I'd love just one promotion, and then it, it opens the floodgates. Um, everyone can kind of get a little bit, you know, on the move. But Jordan right. Beck also, like, even though he's just drafted this year, I think it's time for him to be in double A. Um, you know, let him have another week to just let the the Mike Honcho vibes marinate up in, <laughs> in Spokane. But, like, send him over to Hartford, though, pretty soon, too. Like, he is more than ready for that. And uh, he – he surpassed all expectations. Yeah. I'm super excited about him. Yep. And let's cross our fingers that the Rockies don't just kind of sit on their hands with it. Cause he is, he's a dog. I, I was wrong about him. I wasn't very stoked about the, when they drafted him last year, I am on record somewhere in the past saying that. So I will say it now I was wrong about Jordan Beck. Uh, so hopefully he, he keeps crushing it. All right. So, all that's out of the way. Let's talk fun stuff. So this is our quarter season awards for the minor leagues. This is the Rhodes Blake Street piece. Um, and we'll probably end it with a Blake Street banter question um, going forward. So we have some super, superlative awards here. MVP so far, Cy Young so far, most improved, best future big leader, and just not giving up yet. Um, let's start with the MVP. Might do the not giving up yet. And then Cy Young, most improved. I just got to uh, end on a, on a, on a fun, yeah, on a positive vibe. Sad. It's like, you can't leave the gym until you make that free throw. But if I played by that rule, I would never leave the gym. So <laughs> um, MVP season, I'm going to get it going first because we already talked about it. So it won't take very long, but I want it to take long. Nolan Jones, he is the MVP of the minor league so far. Um, I, it's just, he, he shouldn't have, ever been a candidate for this super meaningless award <laughs> at all it should have been there at the beginning his profile never should have been signed nolan jones should have been there yes hindsight's 2020 but i was also on that train at the very beginning you can go back to those receipts as well i mean the dude man is isoing um 363 in may and like if you look at his full season he's isoing 355 like if you want to look at it you can find it he's has 17 walks in 18 games in may he's finding that his strikeouts aren't much more than that so you have just an all-around player and every time that dude man throws a ball from right field to home plate i get a little excited 
and it just makes yeah. me smile watching that cannon that accuracy on that there's just nothing left to prove there, he's not the only one down there that has nothing left to prove but we are rockies fans we're dealing with the rockies organization nolan jones is the mvp of the minor league um affiliates and there's really no question about it yeah not only is he, is he the the mvp he like he's unanimous yeah. We have two voters on this panel, and <laughs> he got the vote of both. Stop the count. Unanimous. Um, and I, I got to see him just this past weekend um, for for the Isotopes. And the one game I got to catch, honestly, was kind of insane. I think – I'm going to butcher the numbers. I think he saw 13 pitches. I don't think that's right. I think he saw more than that. But he swung at two of them and, you know, ripped 15. them both. You told like, me 15. 15. Okay, 15 pitches. Two swings, two barrels, basically. One for a triple, and then the other one was lined out at, like, 96 miles per hour. Like, and he, and he drew a walk. Like, he is he's in such a great place right now. The plate discipline is – I mean, it's always been really good, but I think he got to that point where it's like, all right, this is a joke now. Like, these guys are not – I need more of a challenge. And you don't – I don't think you can really say that about a lot of minor league guys. There's always a little bit of challenge. Right now, Nolan Jones has zero challenge whatsoever. Um, he's lulling the pitchers to sleep. They're like, all right, is he going to swing? Is he going to swing? Oh, he just hit a home run. He <laughs> finally – I don't want him to swing anymore. So that's what's going on down in AAA um, MVP. Yeah, exactly. And that call-up is much deserved right now. So if you haven't learned by now, we are definitely a Nolan Jones pro pro Nolan Jones podcast and he hasn't even been on to talk about us talk with us so Nolan Jones deserves it hopefully he just absolutely rakes in Colorado and gets that chance um not giving up yet um I, I'm going to Romo he has not started out of the gate very hot um his defense has been a little sus a few times um this season that might be a combination, a connection between the hitting and the fielding kind of stuff. He is kind of figuring it out. He has two home runs in the last week or so, roughly. So he is finding that power again. One home run he had, like, it was, like, at his ankles on the outside of the plate, and he, like, drove it somehow opposite field over the fence. Um, but he is – he's only 21. He's in the hardest league in all of minor league baseball. Um, has that growing pains. Didn't quite have a full regular season last year. Um, which I think messes is a part of the psyche of a 20 year old professional athlete who doesn't really had, has never really experienced any, um, hardships, never re really experienced any failure going through this. So I think that kind of stuff takes a little bit extra time with these young cats. Um, again, that's just like human nature it has nothing to do about Drew, Drew Romo is like, you don't know how to get through failure. You don't know how to get through something difficult until you experience it and you figure out what works and what doesn't. And going back and forth through the drawing board of how to hit, when to hit, that kind of stuff has got to be something that's going on. Again, all hearsay on my part. But it's like he is that top prospect for a reason. He is the next Elias Diaz for the Rockies, quote, unquote. I'm just, I'm just not giving up on him just yet. Um, I'm seeing some good turnaround here. I think the turn's hitting, so not too concerned just yet. Yeah, and he, he's someone, given the age, we see it with Zach Bean, too. I was almost tempted to put him in, in here, but I, I think he's played well enough, and, and you know, they're both these 21-year-old kids playing against mostly guys 24 to 26. And they're, they're not just journeymen. They're, like, good players at 24 to 26. Like, a lot of guys will be big leaguers that they're playing. Um, it's, it's not an easy job. And I think there's a lot that goes into it mentally that can get tricky. Like it can really snowball on you and it, it goes both ways. You can be the one pushing the snowball or you can be the one having the snowball being pushed on you and you're, you're having your Indiana Jones moment <laughs> and it, it just, it's going to go back and forth. And so yeah. I think, like you said, he's, he's finding his groove again. And that's kind of where once he's in that groove. I don't think we have to worry much again. So right. really hoping we see that going for the next couple of weeks. I'm definitely not not giving up on Romo at this point, but my yeah. dude is oh, – Hold his... on real quick because um, I want to mention it because I want to also plug. We talked to Braxton Fulford just released last week, so go back and listen to that. 
But Braxton Fulford was in the CWS as an 18, 19 year old for Texas Tech. He he talks about how he was experiencing terrible at bats as an 18 year old competing for a national title with Texas Tech and how he had to figure out how to be a catcher while also sucking at the plate, his words. And like that was his experience, his hardship that he had to try to figure out 18, 19 year old. And then he had two more years to figure that out before he's a professional athlete. Drew Romo is doing that right now, just to put that in perspective as we're looking at a Drew Romo and kind of going backing up what I was saying earlier. Yeah. And he's hungry. Like he's someone, he's yeah. going to go back to the drawing board and it's going to be productive. So, yes, absolutely. That'll be exciting to see him turn his season around. Um, but my, my dude in this category is a battery made of his Chris McMahon. It's going on two years now last year he came back late and you know pitched with Spokane seven ERA I think the underlying numbers were pretty good he struck out 16 and only walked two in 18 innings but you know he was giving up the long ball a lot of hits and it's been kind of the same recipe this year with him but again the strikeout and the walk numbers are really good and what's kind of surprised me is his arsenal He's got a really solid changeup that he loves to go to. That's a, you know, you think about that as a ground ball pitch and he's not getting the type of ground ball numbers you would expect. So uh, that's the reason I'm not giving up yet. I think that's something that's going to give at some point. Um, there's going to be more ground balls. He'll learn how to avoid those, those vulnerable spots where you leave a pitch and it's going to get hit hard in the air. I think he's going to figure out a bit more how to deal with that. He's also had just such a rough go as a pro. Like he he almost had to miss a full year with a shoulder injury. And so I think he's still taking off. I, I don't think that he's gained, you know, his full momentum back. Like he pitched really well in 2021 with a tough assignment to, to high A. And he, I mean, he started pretty much the entire year. Like I don't think he missed a beat. So we're looking for him to get back to that. But he's someone that I think a lot of people are like, okay, now we're looking at, almost a full year of really down performances combining this year and last year. And it's not that close to a full year, but it's like, you know, I think, what is that? 60 or no, 50 innings the last two years that have been subpar. And yeah. so some people are going to write that off. I, I think there's some cause for concern there, but he's definitely not someone I'm, I'm ready to close the book on. I mean, that'd be, that'd be unwise to begin with, but I think he's still a top, 20 prospect for the organization the stuff is still good it's good it's really good and i think i I try to watch as much hartford starters as we can as i can and chris mcmahon's one that i try to watch and it's always like that second to third time through the order that's been catching up to him um like yesterday it was yesterday he got to the like the second end of the second time around and then he started getting hit around so like he's really good at just making that adjustments that next time around to see what needs to be done there. Um, but yeah, he's definitely a top 20 prospect still for the Rocks, especially yeah. going forward. I can see him. I think, Go ahead. There, I think there's a part of you know pitching that you can be healthy for a certain period of time, but the buildup really comes from doing it in the, the competitive mindset. Like being on the mound is how you really build yourself all the way back up. So just because he's been healthy now for close to a year does not mean that he is, and it hasn't been close to a year. We're looking at like eight months, seven, eight months that he's been healthy again. There's still a lot of buildup that's going on. So um, there's, there's a lot left in the tank. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Most improved player. uh, I I like to say young, so we're going to hold on to that. Most improved player, uh, friend of the pod, family of the pod because hopefully at the end of this or the beginning of this you are listening to this guy um so you already know the answer as you're reading this title to this podcast <laughs> um spoiler alert zach kakaska absolutely mashing we heard we hear jordan beck we hear sterling thomason we hear yankee l fernandez juan guerrero is not doing terrible adele amador had three home runs and five swings <laughs> at one time and then zach kakaska who is going from the outfield to first base corner, turning into a first baseman as he's trying to figure it out has mashed 11 home runs and 11 doubles in 34 games for Spokane. Now let me put that in perspective. Yeah. Cool. Right. Jude man spent 20 games with the ACL last year 
in 2021 and then spent 92 games in Fresno. So like, he's not like this top power guy, not what it's like. He's got a hit. Like, I think you said it last year when we were like predicting, like there's just a hitter. He Zach Kakoska hits. And if you look at his Fresno numbers, like, nah, Tyler, you're wrong. 249, 787 OPS. Like that you expect more out of the Cali league from a 23 year old, but dude, man, 24 up in Spokane this year, again, 11 doubles, 11 dongs, a seven sixteen slugging. Like, that's just huge numbers, especially in Spokane in April and May. Like, it's just cool to see while he's changing positions. Like, I don't know how much he played first base coming up. Uh, absolutely zero times. Absolutely zero <laughs> times in college. He didn't play for Virginia Tech, of which we are anti-Virginia Tech. Anti, anti yeah. Go back and listen to the, the banter session with Zach. Um, but not one. Not one first base position game ever until this year so i think that's just huge about who he is he's a good guy like he's coming on the pod like we've tried to figure it out time so like zach Acosta, most improved player promotion should be inbound again again but, yeah and again another unanimous award winner um, <laughs> pretty high honor but he yeah, he deserves a promotion at this point you, you realize yeah he's 24 and a half like he is not a young buck and that shouldn't be held against him. I think that's just all the more reason to be like, Hey buddy, you're going to double a, yeah. um, let's see what you've got. And just seeing everything improve for him this year. It seems like he's a lot more comfortable. The power of course, uh, the walks are, are coming through. And that's the thing that I'm, I'm pretty confident about. You see a lot of guys who don't walk a lot, strike out a fair amount. And that double a challenge is really hard for them. Basically, Hunter Goodman is like the one exception to that rule because he matches like a madness. Just whatever. Yeah. Um, but with Kakaska, the way that he's working counts and getting just the barrel on the ball like constantly, I don't think that double A is going to completely freeze him up. Also, something crazy, he already has 10 steals this year and he had 17 last year. He ain't no slouch. I don't think he's a he's going to beat like Vladimir Restituyo or Eddie Diaz in a race, but like Zach Acosta is a good athlete. And I think part of the reason he's at first base is just because of how many solid outfielders the Rockies have in that Spokane little, little graduation group. And that's the big reason we got to split the band. up. I'm sorry. Nobody loves a breakup, but it's just time to split the band up. Like Jordan Beck, somebody, needs to leave so that the, you know, Zach Acosta can get in the outfield a little bit, unless he wants to be, he wants to be big poppy out there. Like maybe <laughs> that is his goal. Um, but uh, yeah, get him, get him to double a get. Yeah. Go, let's get the train rolling. And yeah, exactly. And that, but there's the, there's another log jam referred to our conversation with the shortstops earlier. Just what do you do with Hunter Grant, Tolia Jones, Monty, but he deserves it. So like figure it out. Like I, I don't know if the Rockies do that kind of stuff. They were very aggressive with promotions last year, but they didn't have like this issue last year. They didn't have talent on talent going at each level at each position. So like, it's a good problem, but we've never experienced that. So it's going to be interesting (laughs) to see how Billy and the squad handle it. Um, But Zach Kikoska, we love you. Um, Cy Young. Let's go Cy Young and then the best future big leaders, how we'll end this little section. Cy Young Award. I I wanted to go starter. I mean, because that's the traditional way, but I'm an armbarn guy. I gotta <laughs> love the armbar. I gotta give love to them when they deserve it. And there's a bunch that deserve it. And the starters have been pretty lackluster as much as we hyped them up in the beginning of the season. The traditional numbers aren't there. It's kind of what you have to base off, especially when you see like Spokane pitchers like. Gabriel Hughes has been lights out. He's been really good, but look at his ERA and all that kind of stuff. Traditional numbers, not so much. So I'm going off. I still don't know who I'm picking, so I'm kind of stalling here. <laughs> uh, there's two guys. They're both Hartford Yard Goat Arm Barn guys, and I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go. Our guy, right, Dugan Darnell, but Evan Justice has got to be right behind <laughs> him. I'm only going Dugan because he's been in the Double A all year his numbers are pretty similar to Evans um what Evans were in Spokane 
And so I'm going Dukes. I'm going Duke and Darnell. Evan Justice, like, 1B right behind it, which Evan Justice might be my new favorite relief barn guy that we haven't talked to. But Duke and Darnell has just figured it out. And, again, if you're a friend of the pod, you know how much we love Duke and Darnell. He is our dude. Um, Just 19 innings pitched this year, 25 strikeouts, a 2.84 ERA. And you can probably take, I think, maybe I'll get the game log up, one or two outings away. And that ERA is like under 0.5. He's given up two home runs, um, maybe only one as baseball reference. Home runs, two home runs, two home runs all season. Yep, take two, one game away. He gave up two earned runs. He's only given up three runs out of 13 outings. Three of his outings, he's given up one run. That's it. All the other ones have been shutouts. And mind you, he goes two innings majority of the time. Whatever it is, he figured it out. Thank you, Australia, for helping our guy get to where he needed to be. He is a dog. His story is the best story that we can tell that there is in baseball. D3 third baseman turned into independent league reliever to sign as a free agent in 2020 to a dog on the mound for double-A Hartford, which and just dominating fools. So Dugan Darnell is my Cy Young, not because I'm biased, but I am, but because he actually deserves it. And Every time he is on the mound and I miss it, I'm going back the next day to watch him pitch. And so Dukes, Dukes is that dude. Yeah. And that, that innings count for him has gotten up there. Like it is, it's not a, a reliever inning count really. Like he is, he is a, a lot of innings pitched under his belt already. I yep. do just got a spot an Evan justice fun fact. He has zero games this year with one strikeout. He has two with zero. That's the, the caveat. Um, but he has two games this entire season where he had less than two strikeouts. This guy has struck out 26 batters in 12 and two thirds. He has faced 52 hitters. He has struck out exactly half of them. That is, I mean, you think about, okay, he's faced 10 guys. He struck out five of them. When you're on, you got 52 guys you faced and you've struck out half of them. That is unreal yeah and this is i think this is his first real go of it he pitched three innings after being drafted in 2021 missed all of 2022 yeah but like you're looking at i mean he's cementing himself as one of the very very best relief prospects in the system like top three right now um evan justice not my not my pick but needed that little hype like it's ridiculous what he's doing mine I think this is the basic answer. <laughs> Blake Adams. Yeah. And, and he's gotten some some love on the pod this year. Um, but he's running a 2.03 ERA in 40 innings. Uh, and he only has five walks in those 40 innings. Like He's doing a fantastic job. Um, I don't know why he's still down there. I mean, the theme of this pod right now, we always say it. There has to be dimension of a promotion in like every podcast. Like I don't, I, if you found a road to, to Blake Street Banner podcast where there was not talk of a promotion, like seriously, send it our <laughs> way because I don't think that exists. Not a thing. Uh, Blake Adams absolutely cannot be in Fresno any longer. Like these guys who are a little bit older, like drafted when they're twenty two. Although I guess Blake Adams, I'm seeing it. He was drafted when he was twenty one. So the more you know. But these yeah. slightly older prospects, like high or low A is not where they should be spending the, the majority of their season, uh, especially when they are cooking, absolutely right. cooking. Like It's time for Blake Adams to go to Spokane. Just keep everyone, you know, shuffling. Let's, keep going. let's get it going. There are some old heads in Albuquerque that don't need to be here. Again, no <laughs> offense to them. But, like, what are we doing with Ty Block still? Like, why not? Why aren't we pushing somebody up to push somebody else up? I don't know. But. Not the point of the pod. Right. Cy Young. We love everybody. We do love everybody. <laughs> uh, with that being AAA conversation, best future big leaguer. And we talked about Nolan Jones extensively. Talked about Togues, Doyle. Um, but in the minors right now, um, I got to go Monty Bombs. Like, again, just repeat everything I said about Nolan Jones and put Montero's name instead of Nolan Jones. And there we are. 
there's nothing left for this man to prove with the bat. He has walked. He has figured out how to do a slider in Albuquerque. He, he, he's got it down. He's fine. Let him just go figure it out. Like you did Ezekiel Tovar. Um, like you did Brenton Doyle. Uh, just let the man eat, whether it's at DH, whether it's at first base, um, I would be completely okay having Monty hit and have average defense at third base instead of whatever Ryan McMahon's doing. Cause that's not working either, but Monty gets called down and we have, we have all of our theories on like why he's being treated the way he is, but like every other night it's Nolan Jones dongs one night, then Ularis Matero dongs the next night. And then the third night, Ularis and Nolan Jones both dong. It's like it's just it's a repeat thing. Like I tweeted something out there. Jordan Beck, Ularis Montero, and Hunter Goodman are having their own home run derby as they go through the season. It's just constant dongs on dongs on dongs. So Ularis Montero is that guy. There's nothing left to prove. And I really do believe that bat is going to get it figured out at a major league level with major league talent. You just got to let the man figure it out because he is an athlete. And like, there's a picture I saw today. Like, he is a grown ass man. <laughs> like, he is giant, and he's what 22, I think, 23. I might have undersold that there. Maybe Mike gets on that. Um, and just Ularis Montero is a big leader. I can see him making an All Star game, pushing 30, 30 home runs each year, 90, 90 RBIs. He does have that kind of talent. So let the man eat. And yeah, Coors Field just needs to see more of his home run pimp jobs. Like seriously, he he hold, he stares that ball down, and that's the fun part of baseball. Like, and it's something that I don't know. We'll talk about this on a future pod. Like, the Rockies don't hit that many home runs, and it's kind of frustrating. Like, they're fourth so to last in the league. Fourth to last in the league in dons. I feel like they haven't hit one. In, actually, no, Diaz has hit a bunch lately. But like, right. other than Diaz, nobody's hitting. Um, so he's one that I can just kind of already picture, like him hitting 20 to 30 homers, you know, per season, the Rockies uniform. And that's something we need now. We need all the donks. Uh, but I'm going really bold on this one. Like this is, I understand the nuance of the best future big leaguer. Like you need to find a guy who's safe to get to the big leagues and someone who's going to be really good. And you think about Montero and you think about Jones, I'm going Gabe Hughes. Yeah. And that might, again, be a shocker because you look at his minor league ERA and you're like, um, you know, he's in high A and he has a 6.34 ERA. How is he going to be the best big league? Well, <laughs> he has honestly kicked ass. He really has. But when you look at his left on base percentage is 51.4%. Like a lot of pitchers, it's like 70. Like he is having just bad luck with guys on the base pads. You know, part of that is his pitching approach. Like, you have to be able to stop that. You have to be able to pitch your best when, you know, guys are on base. I think that, you know, any pitcher would, would say that that's one of the most important parts of the job is just staying consistent. But, I mean, he's just dominating guys. He has 46 Ks and 32 innings, a lot less hits than innings pitched. They're just coming at the worst possible times. Um, and we've seen him have multiple outings where he's unhittable. And that's really what I'm I'm looking for. Like, can he do it with consistency? I frankly I think he has been consistent with yes. it's just been a couple of slip up moments, which this is his first go of professional baseball at, at a more like he, he pitched three innings last year. I'm not counting that. This no. is his first go of like, okay, I'm pitching every week. Gotta look towards next week. Like, here's how I'm gonna keep the the you know the ball rolling. And he's done that. Again, there's been like two or three slip-ups the entire season. I don't even know if there's been three. I think it's been two. I think he's had two rough starts where he's given up homers. Yeah, he is. Actually, he has three starts where he gave up six, eight, and seven runs. And then in the other four starts combined, is that three runs? I think, I think no, two runs. Two runs in the other four starts combined. So, yeah, uh, yeah he needs to find his consistency. But, like, when he's on, I mean, he is, uh, like, untouchable, like, truly untouchable. So, I think as the season goes on, the comfort level is going to rise, and he's going to be untouchable more often than, you know, than he is right now. Yeah, exactly. And we see this pretty often with 
college pitchers coming into the professional realm and trying to figure out that difference. Like there, there is a growing, there is a growing curve there. His stuff, his stuff is that, and he has that mentality on the mound, like Kyle Freeland esque. I would say, I was able to watch. I think it was against Eugene last week, two weeks ago, and he has that mentality. Like I'm coming at you, I'm going to win this, and I'm going to find some kind of way to keep my team in it. Um, so yeah, I like that. I like that pick. Yeah, so I think that's our first quarter of the season. Yeah, Super, superlatives. I can never say that word. Probably have to come back each quarter, I guess, and see how this plays out. Yeah. Um, maybe the All Star Game will come back and re reconvene I mean, with this. Yeah, we're gonna do a half, and then we'll. I don't know if we'll do the three quarter one. I think we'll we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll the see quarter one are. is fun because you just get impatient. You get so impatient. You're like, I need to just look at the numbers and yep. make conclusions. Yeah. So that's what we're what we're doing right now. Just got to go for it, right? All right, and let's end it with this. This was a fun, interesting question um, by our new penguin guy. A penguin's life has been <laughs> MIA. He showed up a little bit today. It looked like with a new account. Um, he got a new job, I think. I think yeah, he got a new job. Got, finally got something to do. <laughs> um, but Packeter, Packeter, he's a banter, which we're down for. He he's a good banter too. He's not. He's, he's a little trolly, but he does banter back and forth if if you want to. So he pose this question i should find the exact tweet but why did we sign wins and bring down servant when it's pretty clear that serving can do exactly what wins doing um and i just wanted to talk about that here here's that blake street banter piece that we're going forward here it is is anyone else wondering why we grabbed austin wins and sent servant down to the minors seems like servant is just as good defensively and hits better i'm starting to think we need to bring him to be honest, I have not been watching Servin. I've not been following Servin down in the minors. Um, I haven't seen his name pop up as much. I do see Jonathan Morales' name pop up. Uh, take that what what it is. But Jordan Pacheco is a magician, so there might be something happening down there with Brian Servin. Um, but I mean, this is kind of your world. Why is Win here? who does not have a zero batting average, by the way, that roster that was posted today on MLB app, it said zero batting average. He does have a 1.38 or something at the beginning of today, batting average. Um, but like, why is explain the win signing and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. And I'll, I'll start by saying I'm, I'm going to turn into because of the way that I think people are, are taking to that move. I guess I'm like the ultimate Austin wins defender because I just feel like I un, I see the other side. I understand why he's getting the gig um, over serving at least. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys I think you could make the case like can we can we push some guys along? Although I don't think it's quite the time for that. But I think with serving and wins, I think it's pretty clear Austin wins right now. Whether you want the Rockies to to be putting their best foot forward out or or not i think that's something that people in the fan base are able to kind of decide for themselves do we really want to have the best possible backup catcher we can like that's sort of a a minute part of a roster but i think right now austin wins is clearly a better player um pulled some stuff together here wins is already including today's game thursday the 25th wins has gotten on base six times and drove in three runs and the the five games he's actually played, he he has a sixth game. I don't I don't know when he came into that game. I didn't see it in a box score, um, but he's gotten on base six times in five games where he had a plate appearance. Brian Servin has gotten on base just three times this season in nine games, so double the the times on base, almost half the games. Like wins, I think right now is just much more comfortable at the plate. Servin was not even delivering decent at-bats. They were not. Uh, when you flip back defensively, this is where I think the real kicker is. And I was surprised today to find Austin wins quite literally has the fastest exchange time in Major League Baseball this season. The time from glove to hand, fastest in Major League Baseball this season. Part of that, I think, is small sample. You know, it'll normalize a little bit. But I think that's kind of his strength is managing the run game. His pop time is the 11th fastest in baseball, whereas Brian Servin's 48th, and we're talking average time. So Austin Wins is a guy you don't want to run on. He has a faster pop time than Elias Diaz, and Elias Diaz is gunning guys out this year. Um, 
also, you know, when he was brought in, I forget who, I mean, all the, the beat uh, reporters were, were talking about it, that he has a great reputation for handling pitchers. And I think that that is really the, the, just the cherry on top because you don't see that in the box score, but he's a veteran. He has experience with the giants, the Dodgers this year. Um, I, I think that when the Rockies are like, Hey, that guy's available. Like, that's a solid backup catcher um, and definitely not a, an amazing player, a great player even. But, you know, I think with the way Servin was playing, it was almost pointless to have him on the roster. It was kind of just cratering his confidence. Mm-hmm. So bring a guy in who he is always not, I don't know about in the minors, but in his big league career, he's always been a backup. So, and he's gotten comfortable in that role. So I, I definitely support the move to have Austin wins up right now. Uh, by the end of the season, you know, I'm totally up for change. But for right now, I see kind of the, the other side of the coin. I like I like how you brought that down and the the data. I knew you'd bring in the data and the pop time and stuff. It, it makes sense. And I didn't understand it. Like, it's, but Brian Servin was not serving up very much this year going into it. He's, he's, not, he's doing okay down in Albuquerque. You kind of hope he figures out a little bit more. But at 28 years old, he kind of is what he is at this point. Like, yeah. you kind of have to take that what it is. And so the win signing maybe will motivate him and try to figure something out or maybe not. So it is a backup catcher of all things that we need to be worried about. <laughs> I don't think backup catching is the one. Um, so there you go. There you go, Pachyderm. Tyler with the, uh, <laughs> monologue. the I'm, my voice is now tired after that monologue, <laughs> but no, it was a good, it was a good detail. Um, so let's call it a wrap. Let's hopefully everybody's enjoyed their Memorial day. Hopefully we saw Nolan Jones go dong over under one and a half Nolan Jones dongs between Thursday night and <laughs> Tuesday night when this drops uh, Friday, Saturday, I, Sunday, Monday. I think we're obligated to take the over. Yes. I mean, yeah, it wouldn't that's be that's the only be, right we, answer. Yeah, we'd be silly to say under. Like, what we we yeah, and honestly, I think there's a legitimate chance if you play him, play him tomorrow Friday, play him until this pod drops. Like, he's just gonna he's gonna stand there. He's gonna take his pitches, and then one is gonna be there for him crushed. Yep, we're gonna see that like twice. We're gonna see that twice. Who are even playing this weekend? I think the Mets. If I'm not mistaken, it is the Mets. Yep, it is the Mets. So. Scherzer and it's sucks. at home. It's it's at home. He doesn't have the altitude adjustment. He's been in Albuquerque. Right. He goes to Denver. The altitude and, and the effect on pitching, he doesn't have to adjust his eyes. Two right. home runs coming up. So I'm going to congratulate you and me right now on predicting that correctly. So thank you to us. You're welcome to us. Um, Nolan Jones over 1.5. Hopefully you cash that onto your favorite betting responsibility responsible app. Um Tyler, be safe. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. Or, hey, Tyler, did you have a good Memorial Day weekend? Sorry. Oh, it, it, it was fantastic. It, it already was fantastic. Definitely ate some hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> this, this time oh, is worse than time zones right now. Before we cut off, you just said hot dog. We just have to plug the Albuquerque Isotopes. Yeah. I think dude. it's tonight. So, this is going to be in the past when you guys are listening. They're doing a sushi hot dog in honor of. Uh, I, I was for Asian American Pacific yeah. Islander night at Albuquerque at Isotopes Park, and it is a hot dog that's been like marinated in teriyaki, wrapped in rice and then seaweed. So it's like actually, it's kind of like spam sushi, and I guess spam sushi is a thing. So it's but I, it's, it's a weird. thing. <laughs> Are you gonna go? Are you gonna eat? You should go and get one. Just go. I'm going back to. I'll be back in Denver when people are listening to this. So Dang. I missed. I missed sushi hot dog night. Dang. And I'm devastated. <laughs> I don't know if you should be. <laughs> <laughs> go Rocks minor league affiliates. Woo! Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means. The other one's just along for the ride. We are joined by family of the pod now, Zach Kakaska. What up, big dog? What's up? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming back on. Um, there's a whole bunch of questions I want to talk to you about because you are having quite a start to the season, and I think it's it's got to be talked about, and we'll do it for you. We'll help you. <laughs> we'll we'll do the talking for you. But before we get into all of that, I got to know about this home run celebration that you all have in Spokane. Like, how did uh, the mini Yoda 
stuffy come about? Well, it's been evolving, actually. Uh, so it started with Amador. He brought a baby Yoda with him when we got here after spring training. Okay. And it started with that uh, because Clint Hurdle was here a couple weeks ago, and he said we needed a home run celebration. So we did the baby Yoda, and now it's evolved into Amador brought in a cowboy hat that lights up and a giant dollar sign chain that's like bedazzled so now it's uh hat on light on chain on baby yoda and then the rest of the team takes pictures of you that's, while you're walking in the dugout oh, that's awesome i haven't seen that one that's, is that one new like this week yeah it started uh two days ago okay okay that's awesome that's more fun did you see the one in albuquerque uh, the gas mask. Yeah. One. Yeah, that looks kind of cool. Yeah, the ode to Breaking Bad, and in, in, in the lab and that kind of stuff. I don't know what the. I don't think the goats have one. Not sure what Fresno. Fresno had something. I don't remember what they have. Did you? Did you guys have a celebration in Fresno last year? We had the cowboy hat for a short period, but yeah. uh, we we ended it because we need something a little more creative. Okay. <laughs> yeah that's it's fun like it's it's fun to see the home run celebrations there's been a lot of talk that the rockies need a home run celebration so i think they need to talk to you all in spokane and albuquerque and try to figure that out that's fun yeah that's fun um so would you say that is the reason for all the dongs being hit in spokane between you beck yankel amador um yeah amador sterling when he was there braxton like you guys have been just going ham (laughs) lately yeah, I think it's just uh, our team's just really talented. I mean, we just really know how to swing the bat. Honestly, th- throughout the entire organization, we just have dudes who can just swing it. But uh, our team especially, I mean, it's crazy, you know, compared to last year to this this year. I mean, all of us have so many more home runs, and we're just slugging the heck out of the ball. It's, it's just been really good. Yeah, and it's – I mean, you've, you've... – hit quite a bit but it is definitely a whole team thing like just extending um what would you say for you specifically where did this power come from because you're at 11 doubles 11 home run so far this year and that's pretty safe to say that you're on pace to surpass all those numbers last year um what would you say is what was what's some of the work that you've been putting in to uh get you to that point well, I would say the biggest thing is um, I went back to hitting how I normally hit from like college and everything like that. Uh, last year, for about three quarters of the season, I was experimenting with like a new type of swing to okay. have some more power, but uh, it made me miss hit a lot of balls. But uh, since I went back to hitting the way I know how to hit, um, it's been a lot better and I feel a lot more comfortable that way. Okay. What was what was some of the thing that you were trying to do last year? Like, what's just one thing that didn't work for you? Uh, I had an open stance, so uh, my body was like almost pretty much facing the pitcher when I was hitting. Okay, and uh, the reason I did that is because it adds a lot more whip and acceleration into your swing. Yeah, um, but it's hard to consistently barrel up different pitches swinging like that. So I went back to sacrificing a little bit of power uh, just to hit more comfortable and be more barrel accurate. And power numbers are there. So um, I guess that's that's probably the best way for me to hit. Yeah. Like if you're going to make contact, just a good swing is almost better than trying to create the pop when you already naturally have it coming in. I was I was low-key hoping that you'd tell me you just like did 20 push-ups each day in the offseason. And like if you can do it, anybody can do it. But <laughs> no, you're just really good at hitting. Um, and that's one thing that we've always said about you. It's you're just a hitter. Like you had that walk-off in the beginning of last year. You've big game Coco, like you've had big moments and you've just always hit. And so like it's it's sweet to see you come around and find that swing and take you back to Kansas State. And it's cool to see. So Super pun for you. And yeah, I guess I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. And, and you have this power, but you're also, I'm saying first in the league in average, like 
you're not sacrificing average for power. Like you're still, I was looking at the list, like you're first with anybody that's played 21 games or higher and you you're like what? 37, 34 games. So like, and your walk rates good, your strikeouts low, like you are just hitting. Um, would you say there's some maturity with that too? Or is it just going back to the fundamentals? I would say most of it is going back to the fundamentals. Um, last year, I guess uh, I would say I didn't have a bad season, I don't think, but I definitely didn't have the season that I know I should have. Um, I think last year I was caught guessing a lot with trying to like be too fine with approaches and mm-hmm. trying to hit the ball a certain way and trying to hit it to different parts of the field. But this year I think the biggest difference is I'm just trying to be as relaxed as possible and just do damage out front uh, at the plate. And I think hitting that way makes your mind a lot more calm and helps you just slow the game down a little bit. And um, you kind of just let yourself go and, and just do what you know how to do. Yeah. Just go out and be a ball player. Sometimes you do Mm -hmm. just have to simplify it all and finding that. That's awesome. Um, So like, Along with that, you're also learning a whole new position. I went back and looked at all your records at Kansas State and Fresno and ACL. You've never played first base before this year. <laughs> um, no, no. Let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, how did you figure out which glove you wanted? <laughs> did did um, somebody just hand you off one of their old ones, or did you go into it? Like, How did this whole conversation, how did this whole bit, we're going to put you at first base, come about? Well, um, Obviously, I mean, our outfielders in this organization are absolutely stacked. Um, So I was kind of smart enough to realize towards the end of the season last year, especially like after the draft, I was like, these, all these prospect outfielders are going to be in high A along with me. Mm -hmm. Um, If I want to play, I need to give myself more options because I mean, four of our outfielders are top 30 prospects. And it's those guys are going to play five days a week, no matter yeah. what. And I didn't want to get, play one or two games a week. So I was like, what else is there I can do? And I was like, I could DH or I could play first base because that's the only thing you can do as a lefty. And I played it when I was a kid. So I was like, oh, I mean, it can't be too hard. <laughs> so I went to uh, our director of uh, player development. I asked if I could learn first base over the off season. And he said, yeah, that'd be good. Um, I could give you more options. And uh, I got here and I've been playing well there and I feel comfortable there. So I, I think it's just a really smart thing that I decided to go that route because if I stayed an outfielder only, I don't know if I'd be having nearly as much playing as time as what I'm having now. Yeah. And there's and that's no offense to you. Like you're just surrounded by dogs like that, that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just you like you said you have quite a quite a list of outfielders that you're out there with so it's sweet that you like notice it and advocated for yourself like I don't I never know how that goes about sometimes we wonder like is it the organization doing it is the player doing it but you looking ahead and doing that that's really cool um and so yeah, so far the, so good yeah yeah it's good yeah it's been really good yeah the way I mean professional baseball works is just like if uh if you're a prospect and you have a lot of money invested into a player um, performance, isn't really going to put you in the lineup as much. I mean, you got to get something out of your investment. So those guys are going to play regardless. So, uh, I mean, I, I didn't get drafted low, but I didn't get drafted extremely high. So I, I realized, you know, to get myself in that lineup, I need to obviously perform, but I need to also give myself more options, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is a business, like you said, and that's just the harsh reality about it. Like, again, there's no knock to you. There's no knock to the other guys. It just is what it is. It's it's hard. Like, when did you kind of wrap your mind around that idea of it? Like you're a player, you're playing a game, but like on that, like you just said, it's got to be kind of hard to understand, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they say you, you learn something new in pro ball every day, which I think is definitely true. I mean, when I first got drafted, I didn't even really know how pro ball works at all, you know, because 
uh, the whole, your whole life, you always are kind of taught like performance gets you in the lineup, especially in college and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but you got to pro ball and I was like, and at first I wasn't really playing a ton. I was like, why aren't I playing a ton? You know, I'm, I performed well, all this, all this different stuff. Right. And then you just come to learn that, you know, guys who get the, all the money are going to play and pretty much guys who don't get a lot of money, though, pretty much the only way they make it to the top is you just have to ball out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like, we're huge uh, Coco Montez fans. He's a friend of the pod and he's kind of in that same boat, never been a top 30 guy, but what he's doing in Albuquerque should be putting the front office on notice. And he's got to, it feels like he's got to work a little bit harder. Like Hunter Stovall, I love that dude. He's a dog too. And it's like, I, the performing you got to go but then you realize that other piece of it but uh we'll get past that what about the jerseys so spoken has quite a bit of fun jerseys fresno has some jerseys which which club has the better overall jersey jersey game between us and fresno yeah i think we got we got them a we little bit yeah. Fresno had a ton of different jersey options, like tons of promotions, stuff like that. And they have some really cool jerseys. But um, I think overall, just the look of our main ones mm. and the comfort of them are a little bit better than Fresno. Like our uh, our light red jerseys and our uh, red band trout jerseys are just super light and comfortable. And I think they, even though it's a pretty intricate design i think it just looks kind of cool yeah they are clean like when we get yeah. to watch spokane they are clean it's like all right we can get on board i love the ribby jerseys uh the red band jerseys like you said and i got the fly together hat those are those are fun dark blue ones that they got up there um all right and last last question then we'll we'll let you go um so I, I saw on your Instagram in the off season, you were being all cutesies and stuff and doing the TikTok type vibes. Um, how was your road trip through? It was Idaho, um, somewhere in the Northeast. Oof. Which one was, Utah? It was, was it U Utah? I was in Idaho. Oh, okay. wait, when I was in um, Freak Alley. Yeah. In yeah. Idaho with all, the, with all the spray paint. Yeah, design. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah that's that's all that place is awesome um so my girlfriend lives oh she's from boise okay uh, she's actually living here with me right now but um yeah i go i went and visited her for a week up in up in boise and she showed me around and it's a really cool area i i always i never even really thought boise existed before <laughs> it's I just a place <laughs> yeah but i got there and i was like wow this is actually like kind of a big city like almost uh yeah like it, it really surprised me and there's stuff to do and it's a really beautiful area so uh, i liked it a lot it was cool it's a, a little bit bigger than manhattan oh like way bigger, bigger. Yeah. yeah that was a terrible question all right i take that back <laughs> like think back of manhattan yeah it's a small town yeah that was fun i was a little worried i was like all right is is coco going is he going to go be an influencer? Is he done playing baseball? But it's good to see you came back and you came back hot. Um, I appreciate you jumping on. Keep keep raking, keep grinding. And when we will, when we can watch you all, we are definitely tuning in. Um, all right, awesome. Go do your thing tonight. Yep, thank you. All right. Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.